Start Me Up podcast, part of the Demcast Network. I'm Kimberly Johnson, still quarantined in D.C., and I'm sure I'm going to be here till at least next April, providing we do get Biden, and so you got to vote for Biden. Today, Karee Pennybaker is back on the show. He is a strong advocate for suicide prevention and for gun safety. His mom used a gun to commit suicide when he was just 20 months old. He was on the show, I think it was last October, and I interviewed him, and he spoke in detail about that. So I am going to include that link in the description of this show if you want to go back and listen to it. It's heartbreaking, but it's absolutely worthwhile. Curry is, uh, he fights very hard for common sense gun laws, and I talked to him today uh, for, I, I had booked him before this happened, but last night... There was another shooting by a police officer. Uh, the, the man's name is Jacob Blake. He was shot seven times in the back in front of his children. And so Korea and I definitely go over that. We talk about why Joe Biden is going to be good for these common sense gun laws and implementing them. And obviously he needs a Congress to do that. But Korea and I talk about that. Korea has met Joe Biden and shares that experience. So we had a really great conversation. We also talked about the RNC and what we can expect from that and just a number of other things. I really, I really admire him so much and I'm, I'm so happy he's back on the show today. So there's really not much to talk about up front. I don't want to go on and on because I don't, I don't really have any new news. I don't really, except for the fact that, you know what? You should check out my Facebook page, Kimberly A. Johnson. You're going to have to scroll down a little bit, but Bob Seska, my boyfriend husband, <laughs> as I like to call him, was recently on the Stephanie Miller virtual comedy tour. So he his bit for that tour was he did an, uh, 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 like a short with a puppet that's Alex Jones. So it was an Alex Jones puppet and... Oh, my God. It's really fucking funny, and you should watch it. It's on my page. Actually, I should just include it in the links in here, but I have so many links, so I'm not going to do that. So you have to go to my Facebook page or just go over to Bob's page and look at his, Bob Seska, C-E-S-C-A. And take, it's like you could also call him Cheska. That's the way to do it, but it's C-E-S-C-A. Anyway, it's so funny, especially if you're familiar with Alex Jones and you know that he's a con artist and a conspiracy theorist and there's that he thinks that there's hormones in the water turning the frogs gay oh my god so uh bob really nailed it it's very very funny anyway so that's it so let's just get into it the start me up podcast is an independent podcast and it's supported by you the listener i don't have any corporate backers and i don't use advertisers at least i don't for now so it's patrons who keep this show going if you enjoy listening to today's show I have so many others that I've done. So you can just visit the front page of my, uh, it's patreon.com slash startmeup. You can check out some of my past guests. Most of the time I focus on politics and I talk to people in the political world, but occasionally I talk to actors or comedians or authors. And even though there are very few shows dedicated specifically, like for instance, I did an interview with Vincent D'Onofrio, the actor, and for the most part, we concentrated on his craft. Although toward the end of the conversation, it got more social. We talked about some social social issues, not necessarily political, but a little politics were thrown in. Most of all, though, my interviews or my conversations are discussions about politics. So like I said, go to patreon.com slash start me up. And when you're there, you'll see different tiers if you want to support the show. So I have several different tiers. I do two free shows per week on Monday and Wednesday. And then twice a month, I do two patrons only shows. Situation right now is one of those shows is available to all my patrons. So if you sign up for a dollar, 
you get one of those patrons-only shows delivered directly to your mailbox. You don't even have to look for it, as well as the free shows. If you sign up for four, or I'm sorry, if you sign up for, so that's basically $4 or less. That gets you one patrons-only show and then all the free shows. If you sign up for $5 or more, you get both patrons-only shows and all of the free shows. Now, again, you don't have to, I've said this before, but I'm going to say it again. You don't have to um, sign up for, like, if you click on the $5 tier, you can turn, you can put any dollar amount you want. $5, $10, $25, whatever, $150, $7,000, whatever you want to do. That'll be a, a monthly subscription, and it's a way to support the show. And I always, always, always tell everybody I appreciate all of my patrons, thank you so much for supporting me. Um, it helps to produce this show. So once again, patreon.com slash start me up. Take a look at all of that. And then the other way that you can support it is if you don't want to commit to a monthly thing, you can just look at the Patreon description of the show. I always include my, include my email address. You can do a one-time donation to PayPal. Sometimes people like doing that. So, hey, I'm all for it. Thank you. And then you can find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. Just go to the iTunes or Apple Podcasts and you can become a subscriber. That's free. iTunes is the app, but it takes you to Apple Podcasts. So anyway, you can become a subscriber for free. And while you're there, just give me a rating. Give me a good review. And you know what? I inter... Oh, my God. That wonderful man I interviewed on Wednesday, Hank Gilbert, who's running to beat Louis Gilbert in Texas. Not only did all of you love him as much as I did, and like everybody said they donated to his campaign after they heard him. He went on. He became a subscriber, and he gave me a rating and a positive review. Oh, my God. What a cool guy. So be like Hank. If you can help me, please do it. I would really appreciate it because, you know, I'm going to get trolled. I often get trolled because I have a big mouth on, on Twitter. Can you believe that? And so people troll me. So all the good reviews really help. Anyway, that's it for now. Please enjoy my conversation with Curry Pennebaker. Welcome back to the show, Curry. Thanks for having me on. Well, I'm glad to have you on today because uh, it's, it's been a crazy day. We're, it's, it's been crazy. It started last night, and right. we're going to have a week of just sheer insanity. It's going to be so crazy. So um, before we get going on the RNC, I do want to talk about this man, Jacob Blake, who was shot seven times in the back in front of his children. Um, You know, you, you are right there fighting for, you know, logical gun laws. And it seems like this country does, I mean, everybody wants it. Everybody wants common sense gun laws. And, and, and what we're seeing constantly are black people being shot by the police or, you know, I mean, there was, there was that one white male protester who was an elderly man that the cops just pushed over and split his head open. And I know that that made, right. you know, it made white people who really didn't understand what was going on go, oh, wait a minute. You know, the police are right. abusing their powers. And it wasn't just that incident, but that, that was, you know, one of many. Um, but we had these protests over the summer. And, you know, as Kamala Harris said, this is a, a movement, not a moment. Yet here we are today. And I just I want to hear what you have to say about that. So, um, well, about um, the Blake shooting last night, I don't know all the details yet. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, I have heard a couple things and I haven't seen it verified or not that there may have been a gun in the car. Mm -hmm. Um, But I believe that the cops, the police officers should be held to a higher standard, Mm -hmm. that they should have controlled the situation better. Even if there was a gun in the car, Mm -hmm. he had to walk around the car to get to that the driver's side door. They should have controlled that better then. I mean, you, you saw that they had no problem controlling George Floyd for eight minutes and 46 seconds. Yeah. Right. Um, and here in this case, they just let him walk around. And if he had a gun in the car, that's why they, they detain a person. They stop them and make yes. sure they don't go back in their car. Um, and, and besides that, they had other lethal, less lethal means mm-hmm. by which they could have handled it. Could have tased him mm-hmm. or, or, or something. Just handcuff him or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but to see him being shot seven times yeah. and, you know, with his kids in the car, man, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, you know, and when that gentleman was 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 pushed a couple months ago, you know, and folks saw it, um, it, it is to me, it is like a lot like what happened on the Edmund Pettus Bridge mm-hmm. with uh, John Lewis, mm-hmm. where, you know, before this happened, you, you heard the speeches that he and, and Dr. King and many others had given. But white folks hadn't seen it yet. Mm-hmm. But when right. they saw the yeah. folks being brutalized on that on that bridge that morning, you know, that bloody Sunday. Mm-hmm. It changed their outlook on things. Yeah. But it, this, this is also with, with both the shooting, uh, the the um, the brutality that's been inflicted on people of color, and with that gentleman being pushed, mm-hmm. it shouldn't take people seeing it to realize it's that it's enough. real. Yeah. And that this happens on a, a far too frequent basis, and these are the ones that we've just seen. Mm-hmm. Right there, there are many more that we don't get to see because they're not videotaped. Uh, yeah. An officer conveniently turns off his uh, body cam. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm of the opinion that uh, we need police. I get a lot yes. of harassment and death threats from the work that I do in the gun violence prevention space, so I, I rely on them mm-hmm. to keep my family and myself safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I don't hate the police. I don't. I know it's a tough job, but because they are held to a much higher standard they have got to do better i gave a speech uh, a couple months ago right after george floyd was was murdered um in an area that is nearly not kidding all white and at this event there were only i think out of the four or five hundred people that showed up there were only there were less than 10 black people that came and those 10 black people were i'm one of them and the other ones were with the other uh black woman who spoke <laughs> so wow. it was super white, yeah. and there were eight police officers there. All eight took a knee when I when I asked them mm-hmm. to. But then I, I went on to say that I know policing is hard, mm-hmm. and I know there are far more good cops than bad cops. But it, we need those good cops mm-hmm. to start calling out the bad ones. Yes. In no line of work would we ever accept anybody hiding bad activity from a coworker. Could you imagine yeah. a pilot right. like just screwing up all the time, and his co-pilot's like, "Nah, bro, I'm not gonna sell on you." Yeah, no, like you—they're you, supposed to be beholden to us, mm-hmm. not to that blue line. Mm-hmm. I heard a young woman give a, a speech at, at some town hall type of event where you know you, you are not your job. Right, you can take yeah. off that uniform. Mm-hmm. You are supposed to be a human being first. And I think some of these people are are missing that fact that they like being a police officer for the wrong reason. Right, yeah. It's almost in many ways like they are joining a gang. Mm-hmm. And this 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 
this line of work is giving them license mm -hmm. to inflict terror on people. There should be a, a, a community side of policing where the people in that community, they know each other. Mm -hmm. When bad things happen, you want the cops to be there to do the right thing, not to be the ones that are causing the problem. Yes. In too many instances, the cops show up and then the problem starts. Yeah, exactly. And it, it, it cannot be like that. It, this has to stop. Oh, it's just, uh, it's extremely upsetting because, I mean, I know, I mean, I've personally known police officers. I knew a black police officer um, who, I mean, it, it, from my experience and everything that I saw, he was a good cop. And he, you know, I remember ask, I asking him, this was in California, I said, what would you do if you saw, if you know, you pulled somebody over and they had a joint and that's all mm -hmm. they had? What would you do? He's like, oh, I'd probably just take it and throw it away. Like, he wouldn't care. And, you know, I know he explained to me some of the things that he did while he was, you know, a police officer. He went undercover and he did all this stuff. And he was very mild-mannered. I mean, that, that's the best way I can describe it. He was just so mild-mannered. He was one of the most um, chill people I've ever met. And so, and, it, and I think that he became a police officer so he could literally protect and serve the community that he grew up in. Right. Um, so right. I'm sure that there are, and it's not that I'm sure, I know that there are cops out there um, you know, that are, are that really want to do a good job and they really want to take their job seriously. But like you said, if you're complicit, you're part of the problem. But unfortunately, I think there I think, you know, whether it's training or it's this mentality, you know, a lot of white supremacists join the police force just as they go into the military so they can learn how to fight and and learn those skills. And I think that, you know, I mean, this whole thing, I don't know where you stand. So I want to ask you first. Um, on the defund the police hashtag? Um, I get why that exists. Um, and I don't, I don't have a habit of um, negatively commenting on like the way that some folks are going to advocate. That, mm -hmm. That's, I don't choose to use that. Mm -hmm. um, I think personally, not to knock what, what, what that is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. I'm of the opinion that um, we need police. Yes. We absolutely do. Um, they need to be reformed yeah. completely. Um, and whatever the municipality that, you know, that, 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 uh, unit might exist in, mm -hmm. they have to decide on their own for themselves what, what's best for their community. Yeah. There are some communities that have switched to a different style of yeah, law that's enforcement. Been successful. Yeah. Um, but I, I do think that we are asking police to do things that, they should not be doing that. Yeah. They are, again, they're, they're the ones causing the problem, especially when it comes to mental health. Mm -hmm. um, it shouldn't be that, that an officer is the first to respond and someone is in the, the throes of crisis, and yet this officer is not trained to handle that. Mm -hmm. And then the officer is the one, because he's not trained or she's not trained, ends up causing a problem to occur where someone could be detained mm -hmm. or arrested or worse, shot, mm -hmm. killed. Right. Um, I think we, we need to have a much better approach to the way officers work. Yeah. I mean, again, while keeping in mind, this is a very hard job, a very, very difficult job. Um, they need to do far better screening on who is allowed yeah. to be an officer, whether they are on the job or trying to apply for the job. If there was better screening, Tamir Rice would still be alive today. Yeah. 
right? I mean, when you consider that officer had been fired from another department and just went to a different city and applied mm-hmm. there and got the job and then ends up killing an unarmed 12-year-old black kid. That's wrong. Yeah. So they need to fix that. I mean, again, if a doctor is bad at his job, right, yeah. that doctor should not allow to be a doctor anywhere, yeah. anywhere, because they have a license that's going to travel with them. But an officer can go anywhere they want, and then it's no big deal. Yeah. They, yeah. You have too many officers um, that are, are looking at this, again, as a way to like further their own animus towards the community they're supposed to serve. I mean, I... I I read something that uh, in California, there's a, a group of cops that literally have a gang. Wow. I, I think they're called the executioners, I think. Oh, my God. I mean, this 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 is like the opposite of what is supposed to happen. Yeah. I want the police to be the good people. Right. Yeah, we all do. <laughs> right. Exactly. I mean, as far as defund the police goes... You know, I mean, it's like you said, I, I understand what the mission is. And for me, the, the only problem that I have with it is just the way that it's presented because it gives, unfortunately, it makes it easier for the right to criticize us and mislead people on what it actually means. And defunding the police obviously does not mean abolish the police. It just means, like you were saying, mm-hmm. um, instead of sending police officers to, you know, a domestic argument or a mental he- mm-hmm. a, a person who has mental health issues, you know, sending the right people who, or at least sending along with the police, you know, a, a right. healthcare professional who understands how to work with people who have mental issues. And instead of having... You know, because if you have somebody with mental issues and they start becoming violent, which is totally believable because, you know, depending mm-hmm. on whatever it is that they're going through, um, you know, instead of and, and of course, the police officer should be there. You know, their only job, really, their only job is to protect and serve. Their right. job is not to punish. You know, if somebody right. gets out of line, they're supposed to restrain that person. You know, I've. I started watching Orange is the New Black. I had seen, I think, the first two seasons when it initially came out. And then and then I stopped watching it. And then just recently I, w- I watched the entire season. And so even though this is about prison guards, I think the same kind of thing happens with police officers. You see prison guards just being cruel and taking advantage of their power, whether it's rape or abuse. And again, you know, this person who is in jail committed a crime and they were, you know, they're their punishment was to go to jail um, and to be incarcerated and to be taken away from the population. Their punishment was not letting guards do whatever the hell they wanted to do. Um, Physical abuse, emotional abuse. That's not, that's not part of their punishment yet. We, we give these people who are supposed to be taking care of us all this power and look away when they mistreat. And so, I just, you know, I mean, as far as, like I said, defunding the police, I just feel like using that particular hashtag because, of course, the right is going to say what they're going to say no matter what. But it just makes it easier because I think somebody posted on Twitter once, you know, go explain to your elderly parent or grandparent or, or go ask them, what does defund the police mean to you? And, right. and basically, the answer is going to be like abolish the police. It's it's just I feel that you know I mean regardless I, and I totally respect your point that you don't necessarily want to criticize. It's just that what I I do think the police need to be defunded, but but it but it doesn't mean what it sounds like. I mean they still would be funded. It's just that right. they would they would um, funds would go to different you know like mental health mental health care professionals who would have a much better. Um, 
understanding of how to deal with somebody than a police officer would. And so whether right. it's sending them there alone or first or sending them along with a police officer just in case there was some kind of violence, um, that's what we need to be focused on. And it's just terrible that after all these you know months of protests that this is still going on. But frankly, it's not shocking because you know ba we're seeing Trump throw in I mean he stopped doing it but he put you know um, his own troopers in mm -hmm. states to start fights and to, 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 to create the problems and then and then blame Antifa or what you know what I mean it's like where there, yeah. there's no Antifa issue but he likes to create it so but it's right. just something that I mean yeah I'm with you this needs to stop so what do you think like how confident are you that things are going to change in a Biden administration um, regarding gun laws? I'm very confident in that. Um, I, I often tell the story about how uh, the first time I met uh, Joe Biden, uh, it was at a, um, a uh, celebration for U.S. Senator Tammy Baldwin, mm -hmm. uh, one of my favorite senators. Yeah. She's from Wisconsin. And so Biden came in uh, to do an event for her. And we were doing the, you know, the, the photo line thing. Mm -hmm. So it was the three of us, and I've met a lot of famous people, met a lot of elected officials, never get starstruck until this one time. <laughs> and so, because he had seen my shirt, and it said the Everytown Survivor Network on mm -hmm. it, and he asked me about that, because he obviously knows what Everytown is. Yeah. Um, and I tried, like, the words, I could see them, <laughs> you know, but nothing came out of my mouth. And Aww. so thankfully, because Sammy Baldwin knows my story, she is the one that told wow. Joe about my mom, right? Oh. I, it just wouldn't come out of my yeah, mouth. Yeah. And then he, there's a picture of this. He literally put his hand on my heart oh. and made me feel like I was the only person in the world that mattered to him. Wow. And then he went on to tell me about, you know, how he has survived tragedy yeah. in his own right with his, with his first wife and his mm -hmm. daughter. And then, and then with Bo dying of brain cancer, he understood empathy. And I could just, like, he, he didn't even have to say it. Mm -hmm. I felt it. Mm -hmm. And he also went on to tell me, and this happened within the span of like two minutes, hmm. but he told me about the, the work he has been doing consistently over decades uh, to deal with gun violence prevention, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, people like to harp on uh, the, the 1994 crime bill, but also within that crime bill was the assault weapon ban. Mm -hmm. I mean, and Joe Biden wrote that. <laughs> Right. He, he has done a lot of good things in terms of gun violence prevention policy. I am completely uh, not just comfortable, but I am like I'm all in hmm. on Joe and I'm all in on Kamala. Yeah. Right? I know that they understand what it is like to have a family torn apart because yeah. someone was shot and killed, whether it was a self-inflicted gunshot wound like my mom mm -hmm. or an unintentional shooting or uh, someone shot and killed their loved one or mass shooting school shooting they understand that thing if you ask for a guttenberg he'll tell you about his relationship with yeah. joe biden and, and about how joe let you see that empathy like the human side of him mm -hmm. and that that's why i know joe and kamala are going to do the right thing when it comes to gun violence prevention policy because while they may be you know, the president, vice president, they're still human beings and they, they emote that humanity mm -hmm. perfectly. Like they don't, it's not an act. They're not mm -hmm. trying to play up the crowd. They're, they are real human beings. Mm -hmm. And they've seen the, like the, the, the impact gun violence has on not just their community, but all communities. I mean, Joe went down to, to Parkland after that mass shooting. Joe went to, to Sandy Hook. 
Kamala did a whole lot of work as AG in California mm-hmm. around gun violence prevention. I know we will be in good hands with the two of them. But the other thing I remind people of, it's it's not just who you vote for for president mm-hmm. that matters. Yeah. We need a Congress that's going to work with them. I mean, we could have had um, background checks on all gun sales after Sandy Hook, but we didn't have enough votes to pass it. Yeah. The president wanted it. Mm-hmm. Obama was pushing for uh, that bill to pass. But we had people, Democrats included. There were a couple of Democrats. Heidi Heitkamp didn't vote for it. We had several Democrats and all, all the Republicans who were like, nope, can't do this. Yeah. So that's why it's important that we vote uh, up and down the ballot. There are initiatives here statewide in Wisconsin where um, we, we've got good gun policy that's just been sitting there because um, the Republicans who control both chambers won't let it pass. They won't, even, they won't even vote for it, Yeah. right? And they had uh, Tony Evers, our governor, our amazing governor, uh, call for a special session to deal with gun violence prevention, and they gavel in and gavel out of both chambers in less than 45 seconds oh. for that special session. Wow. So while, again, I cannot wait to vote for uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris uh, in November, but I also can't wait to vote for the Democrats up and down the ballot, because I know when we have more Democrats in office, we have a much better chance of getting the things that we want. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So what what's like the most, what would you say would be the most immediate measure to take? What's, what law should we pass first that could make the difference? Or at least maybe not one law, but like one or two or whatever. What do we have to do immediately? I think the, the, the first thing we should do is, is um, background checks on all gun sales. That's the most yeah. comprehensive way of reducing um, all segments of gun violence. I mean, when you consider that two-thirds of all gun deaths are uh, gun suicides like my mom, mm-hmm. that, is the, that is the most frequent form of gun violence, but it's the least talked about. And it's the one that people, like, especially in, in, the, in the broader sense, it's the least one that they advocate for. Mm-hmm. So when you look at policy, you can see, look, we can we can reduce all segments of, uh, of gun violence by having background checks on all gun sales. That should be the first mm-hmm. thing we do. Um, we should make sure that we have red flag laws. Mm. Um, red, you know, if if we would have had a red flag law uh, when when my mom uh, w- was considering suicide, we we could have potentially saved my mom's life, and I could have my mom with me now, right? Mm. I wouldn't know what my mom's voice sounds like, and I don't. I mean, I had to find out my mom's birthday by buying her death certificate online. That could have been avoided. The, the, just the pure trauma alone of opening that envelope and reading yeah. a death certificate, there's, there's like, I can't even put into words the pain that was like, right? So if, if we can put some policies in place to make sure that when a person is um, struggling and they're, they're in the, the, the depths of immediate crisis, mm-hmm. We can save their lives. When you consider here in Wisconsin, it is easier to get a gun than it is to get your first mental health care appointment. That tells you how unbalanced uh, our society truly is. And it's like that in in a number of states. We need to seriously curb that. So people who are uh, in need of mental health uh, care, they can they can get the immediate care they need, not just going to the ER. They need therapy. They need Mm -hmm. access. Mm -hmm. And right now they don't. Um, so I, I, I know that, that, that Kamala and Joe will uh, take that to heart. Right. They both know my story, right? Yeah. But my story is not unique, yeah. unfortunately. I wish I was the only one. I wish I didn't have this pain. Yeah. 
But every 23 minutes, someone shoots and kills themselves, just like my mom did. There are 63 gun suicides a day, a day, right? And many of those folks are also veterans. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So when you consider, like, this is not something, I don't know how we allowed the issue of gun violence prevention to be turned into something that was, like, controversial. How do we get to the place where, you know, you can clearly see a line mm -hmm. between where other folks stand and where we might stand. It shouldn't be like that because the bullet doesn't care about your party affiliation. It doesn't. There was a man by the name of Rick Gudex in 2000, uh, 2015. He was a Wisconsin state senator, shot and killed himself. You'll notice I didn't say which party he was in. Mm -hmm. He was a Republican. Hmm. The bullet didn't care. Right. right? Yeah. It, it, his family was torn apart over this. Yeah. And we, he and I could have fought to the nth degree on policy yeah. and, and ideology and things like that. I still don't want him to die. Of course not. I know like the, 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 like the, the mental anguish his family has to go through on a constant basis. Yeah. And I wish they didn't. And I wish we had more people in positions of power who appreciate how bad that is, which is exactly why when you have someone like Joe Biden, who understands empathy and tragedy mm -hmm. can put that at the forefront rather than simply saying, I'm a Republican or Democrat and I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. We don't need that. Yeah. We need a human response to something that tears families and communities apart. Um, and I know that, you know, we're on the right track to do that. If you consider in 2008, if you look back at some of those campaigns, even the campaign of my, fa my favorite president, Barack Obama, <laughs> he didn't talk a lot about gun violence prevention mm -hmm. in 2008. We were still having mass shootings back then and gun suicides and uh, uh, gun homicides. Yeah. All of those things, these are not new things. Right. But we didn't talk about it. But look at where we are today. Look at what Hillary did in 2016 with having the mothers of the movement. One of the mothers she had on that stage with her at the, at the DNC convention uh, that August was Maria Hamilton. Maria Hamilton's son, Dontre, was shot 14 times, oh 12 of which were in his back. Ugh. This was by a police officer in here in Milwaukee. Now, Maria will tell you that every morning it is a monumental task just for her to put two feet on the floor. Mm -hmm. Just think about that mm -hmm. and, 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 and put that in the context of you don't know, nor should you need to know whether or not she's a Republican or Democrat. Mm -hmm. But I'm glad to see, like, the progression of this. It has taken us too long to get to this point. Yeah. But you're not going to find many candidates that are going to have a website, a campaign website that doesn't have some form of gun violence prevention. Or they're talking about gun violence prevention. Everybody is trying to get the mom's demand, gun sense candidate distinction uh, for their campaign. Mm -hmm. they're, they're talking about it. And they should be. And they, they are demanding change, which is why we believe firmly that, we will change the law or we will change the people that make them. <laughs> yes, indeed. And, I, you know, I'd like to just say on a personal note, I see often when you're posting about gun violence or whatever it is having to do with guns occasionally, especially your mom, people come on mm -hmm. and, and, and they challenge you and they say, well, it, it was the gun that did it. Or they, right. they say something really... Um, insensitive what and i don't even know if they realize they're being insensitive but the way that you handle it i i, I it just it breaks my heart 
Um, I told you the last time it was like it, I, I was not afraid to ha I was kind of afraid to have you on because I was afraid of crying and I was afraid of <laughs> feeling, yeah. you know, I mean, because when and I feel it right now when you talk about her, I can't even imagine. I just can't even yeah. imagine. And, and I, I would never want to wish that on anyone. And it makes me I mean, there's nothing I can do to make you feel better. I mean, other than vote and, and, and help, you know, uh, to try to help other people and prevent that. But the way that you handle yourself is um, is commendable. And it's it's just I, I see it. And it. it's like I really want you to know that I, I feel for you. And I, 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 I don't sometimes I don't comment. Sometimes I'll just retweet you because you say it better than than I could ever. But I, I can't even imagine that, you know, as an advocate and as, as a child who lost his mother um, to suicide, you have to deal with that on its own. And then outside of that, you have to deal with insensitive, ignorant people who just are taking a partisan. Like you said, though, earlier, the bullet doesn't matter. The same thing could be said about COVID. Like, who, who, who would think that somebody was going to politicize a virus? You know, but but we see it happening. And unfortunately, this is just about the divide in our country. And, um, you know, it, it really does go. It, it, I think the reason we're at where we're at is because Republicans have been defunding education for decades. That money mm -hmm. has never been replenished. And then we have networks that spew propaganda as well as those, you know, toxic talk radio programs. And you have decades of that going on and and unfortunately it has been very successful in brainwashing you know 45 or whatever the number is percent of the people who live in this country and right. so that you know and so when they see you tweeting about a painful experience instead of having empathy instead of having um a thought before they tweet something they just go for the partisan remark and they treat yeah. you like you're an idiot, like you don't fully understand the issue. And it makes me so angry. It just fucking pisses me off so much. And, right. and it's like, I, and again, you're, the way that you handle it is, um, you know, you, you always take the high road. So I just, I just wanted to let you know that, I mean, I know you know people see that you're doing that. But it really does mean something. So I do that for two reasons. I mean, you'll see a lot of times when I do respond. Uh, you'll see some people that will jump in and say, hey, it's a troll. Just ignore them. Mm -hmm. I don't want to. Right, so yeah. I, I do this for two reasons. One, because I want fellow gun violence survivors or survivors of any tragedy to see that not only can you still remain positive, mm -hmm. like there, there is a way that you can still talk about your your circumstance, your, your tragedy, and you can own it. Mm -hmm. And whatever hate comes your way, you don't have to let that hate control you either. Mm -hmm. You can own this whole thing. Uh, and the other reason I do this is is a byproduct of that, that the people that are tweeting the nasty comments to me, some are outright trolls, like some are the bots yeah. and all that. Like yeah. I can I can kind of tell. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I also am aware that hurt people hurt people. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Like there's somebody on the other end of that who may be struggling with something mm -hmm. there within themselves that, that is causing them to lash out. Maybe if if I respond mm -hmm. with some, you know, it, mm -hmm. it's still direct but i'm not calling them a jackass i'm mm -hmm. not insulting them i'm trying to get them to understand that you are i'm a human being yeah and i'm still struggling this is painful yeah. and i don't if you were struggling too that's okay right. then just say that i would much rather you come at me angry yeah. and say some horrible things to me than you hurting yourself yeah. I, i'm fine i'll be your punching bag if that's what's going to take there is a number of times I'll ask people, hey, are you okay? Yeah. 
you know, you can hate me all you want to. You can hate what I stand for. I still don't want nothing bad to happen to you. Right. Now, I'm not saying that I'm changing the world here with a couple tweets, but I think because of how ugly things have gotten in our body politic, that if I can just inject some bit of mm-hmm. decency into it, again, I, I understand I'm I'm not going to be the seed that fixes all of these things, right? But at least I can do it for this one person. Well, you're I part of people like... Huh? I was going to say, you're, you're. I mean, Alice Paul said that every woman or anybody, not woman, every, anybody who fought for gender equality was part of a mosaic. So the same can be said to you. You're part of a mosaic. Right. So one thing I tell people, you know, you, you hear, I, I say it all the time, like, I want to change the world. And I mean that literally. Yeah. Um, but like, not everybody is going to be out doing the things that I do. Not everybody has the, the capacity, the means, the time. Mm-hmm. But there's one way you can actually change the world, literally. Maybe not on a global scale, but in the context of a single human being. Mm-hmm. And when you're walking down the street and you see somebody who, even if that person is angry with you because they don't like your shirt, <laughs> you still can offer them a random act of kindness. Mm-hmm. and make, You can literally make someone's day. You could be the reason why that person doesn't go home and hurts themselves Mm -hmm. or hurts someone in their family. Or you could be the reason why, like, you know what, I'm going to make my just my day better. Someone was nice. to me. I mean, that the immense and awesome power that each one of us has to to brighten someone's day, except too many of us are choosing the easy way Mm -hmm. and just being mean all the time. I mean, that's one of the things that that Cory Booker instilled in me years ago. Like, we don't have to respond with with anger and hate with more anger and hate. Mm -hmm. Try love for a minute and see how that does. Wow. Yeah, and Corey is definitely all about that. I really appreciate mm-hmm. that coming. He's right. And, you know, I, I, I will admit that I get I get angry myself and. I have mm-hmm. a very sarcastic tone. <laughs> I mean, sometimes I do try to lighten it with humor or, you know, like, for instance, one of the things that I have been trying to do is I see people say that, you know, people in the Trump administration are incompetent or that they're delusional. And I'm like, no, they're, you know, I, I think I I made a, a like a comment about. I don't know how to say her name, Piro, Janine Piro or whatever her name is, um, that she, somebody called her delusional and it was like, no, she knows exactly what she's doing. She's spreading propaganda even after two boxes of wine. So it's like, you can, you can still be funny and make your joke. But the point is, is that none of them are delusional. They know exactly what they're doing. They know what they're doing. They know that they're defending a mobster criminal because of their own personal gain or advantage. They understand that. Sometimes I think maybe they might be doing it because they somebody has some blackmail on them or whatever. But but in the end, they all know what they're doing. And right. so I feel like but, – but going back to the way that you deal with them, I think another good reason to point out trolls or at least respond to them occasionally – Feminist Next Door does the same thing, and people tell her, oh, just ignore, just ignore, because she's constantly being um, met with so much misogyny. And so it might be, you know, Joe Schmo with eight numbers in his name and just joined and has zero followers. So that's going to tell you, yes, this person is a probably like a, a paid troll or a professional troll. But answering them 
is not necessarily a waste of time because this troll is either echoing a real person or giving a real person an argument. And so because, because, you know, I mean, I have found specifically being on social media that everyone is a follower. We all are followers. I follow people and I listen. You know, I watch Rachel Maddow. I look at Glenn, Glenn Kirshner. I listen to you. There are people that I listen to that have more information than I do on a particular subject or whatever it is. And they help me form my talking points and, and form my understanding of how the world works. So it's like we're all followers. And, you know, I mean, everybody likes to go sheep, sheep, sheep. Well, we all are to a degree. I mean, it doesn't mean we're blind and, and just, you know, blind obedience and we're just following. But the idea is we all follow somebody. We, we take our cues from what we see. And so when we see you uh, talking to a troll, because they can be a real person and just, you know, I mean, I, you know, I'll admit, and I admitted this on Bob Seska's private show, and I'm not going to say what I was doing, but I had a um, Twitter account that I was, I created just so I could troll people that were pissing me off. And so, yes, I was a troll. And eventually the one person who I was really upset with um, and calling them out every time they said something that I, I knew was BS, they blocked me. So, okay, they cut me off. But, but I'd like to point that out, too, that with blocking, you know, people, um, I see so many times on, especially on Twitter, on Facebook, just endless conversations that are, you know, arguments, fights with a troll, and they last the entire day because I just keep getting alerts and alerts and alerts that they're coming. And I just believe that the best, you know, if, you could give them a try and see where they go, but if they keep pushing at you, block them. It, and, and it's like when, when I got blocked... I can't do it anymore. I'd have to set up a new Twitter account. And it's like, I'm not going to spend my life, you know, spending, I'm not going to spend my life as a troll. I just, I just had it in me one day. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to do this. <laughs> and, and it gave me a little bit of um, relief because I, I don't want to necessarily go at, like talk to this person as me for various reasons. But, um, you know, but the thing, and, and I didn't, ch- I didn't challenge them um, like a, like, I don't know, like some of these, Russian type trolls. I wasn't like that. I was genuinely trying to make this person, I was trying to like call them out. But either way, either way, uh, you know, when you see these people on Twitter who are just constantly beating you over the head with their trolling, just block them. It cuts off their oxygen and they can't do it to you anymore. They just can't. And they can't see any of the replies anymore. So it's like so much, it's so much better. But anyway, um, I do admire what you do because it, it helps me learn how to handle what to say. And, and going back to, yes, Cory Booker, man, I, I really appreciate how he wants to push that message of love. And I mean, God, he's up against you. Wanting that is, is, is almost like wanting the impossible right now. And I'm not saying it is impossible, but it's like, it's so awful and ugly and divided. And we're just such a, you know, I mean, family members are hating on each other and it's just so scary. And then, you know, this brings me to now, um, what do you think? I mean, I, I already, I think I know what you think, but I mean, what do you think is going to happen this week with the Republican National Convention? Like, what do you, how do you see this playing out? Oh my God. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Um, so I I will say that I think it is rather sad, to be honest, uh, to see 
how far down this rabbit hole the Republican Party is yeah, going. It really is. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think, like, they know, too, mm-hmm. that they have, in in all you know, sense and purposes, they, they have destroyed their party. Mm-hmm. And they have allowed Donald Trump to corrupt and, and infect everything. Like, to the point where I do believe we're going to win in November, and I'm going to work hard to make yeah. sure that, that, that Joe and Kamala and every Democrat up, the, up and down the ballot have a very good chance of success. But I think we could have, like, sweeping wins. Yes. Not guaranteed, but no. we could have sweeping wins because the other side is that bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just god-awful. And what I think we're going to see this week is a, a physical representation mm-hmm. of just how bad they are. They don't, they don't have policy that they actually care about. Mm-hmm. They just want power. Yeah. I mean, and they don't actually like people. Right? No. <laughs> they, they, if they did, they would want us to vote because when you vote for something, that that is a, a testimony to how how much you like or dislike any given policy. Mm-hmm. They don't want that because they know they can't win. They want fewer and fewer people to vote. Mm-hmm. So I think you're going to see a ton of fear-mongering this week, a ton of it, mm-hmm. nothing uplifting. Nothing of substance. It's going to be just the Democrats are just bad and blah. We, they hate America. <laughs> yeah. No, we don't. <laughs> yeah. I love my country as much as I, the next person does. Yeah. I love my country to the nth degree. Yeah. I love yeah. being American. Yes, me too. I just yeah. don't like what some people are doing to it. Yes. I don't like when you cloak patriotism in hate. I don't I don't like it when, when you see all these white folks uh, with their tiki torches. I don't like that. Yeah. I don't I don't like how like patriotism like some of the other issues has been weaponized. Yes. And it, it is it is like conflated with like gun rights yeah. and, and all of these things. Like, no, that's not to me what it means to be an American. You have too many people who, who just have time and anger mm-hmm. and they're being fed a like a truckload of lies. Just look at what's happened to the NRA. Yeah. Right? Now I'm clearly Against the NRA, one hundred percent against the NRA, right? Because I think yeah. not only have they attacked me personally, but I think they are criminals. Yes, and that is also being borne out in public now because they have robbed their own people, mm-hmm. just like Steve Bannon did. It's yes, that. they both got popped for the same thing. <laughs> they are defrauding the people that they are also lying to. Yeah, that is just the what it takes to do that. Not, not, just removing the context of, of what the NRA espouses, right? Just mm-hmm. that craziness. They are robbing the people that, is, that are supposed, supposed to be supporting them. That is mind-boggling it how is. you can do that. It is, and it's but mind- then, Yeah. But, you know, when you combine that with the, what they actually do outside of this thievery that they're engaged in, like mm-hmm. the, the fear-mongering and, and trying to convince people they need more guns— like it, 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 I can't believe we have some like an entity that evil yeah. that has so much power. They own a president. Mm-hmm. Th- that is that is that is out of this world it that is. they can own a president. They spent all that money to get the man elected. And mm-hmm. He's done his job mm-hmm. for that. Yeah, he's helping to block everything. Yeah. But soon you will see. I am confident of this that the AG in New York will will help mm-hmm. to. Um, you want to talk about defund and dismantle? There, that's what they're going to do to the NRA. There's going to be no more NRA, at least in in within the the confines of their current structure. They need to go. Yeah. They don't need a seat at the table anymore. 
I am completely 100% okay with gun owners, right? There's nothing wrong with someone owning a gun. There is something wrong, though, when you have the NRA lying to you, telling you to be afraid of the other. Yeah. Just painting this dark picture that you need to be ready at a moment's notice. But yet when a black person is shot and killed, look at what they said when Flandreau Castile was shot and killed in his car in front of his girlfriend and his daughter. And he had a, a permit mm-hmm. for that gun. Mm-hmm. Did, did you see the NRA uh, stepping up uh, and saying, hey, no, nah, y'all can't do this. Right. Where was the, the jackbooted thug verbiage then? Where were <laughs> they when you had uh, uh, all the, these cops in riot gear pushing people out mm-hmm. of the way so that Trump could have a photo up in front of a yeah. church? Where were they then? Nowhere. <laughs> it's bullshit. It, it is, is it is a money making scheme. Yeah. They are expert marketers. Not I'm not gonna knock them on that. They are great at marketing. What they sell is fear and hate. Yes. And it is time for them to go. So I think that's what you're gonna see mm-hmm. at this convention. It's gonna be like my favorite word is fuckery. That's <laughs> yeah. what you will see. It'll it's and it's actually sad. Like when when I ran for Congress in sixteen, I was at a, a house party, a fundraiser, uh the same night that the Access Hollywood tape came out. And there are 100 people in this house, and they're, you know, giving me money, which is awesome. But, like, you could tell, like, the mood had changed. They were giddy. Like, they just knew, yeah. hey, there's no way I we can elect this guy. They, yeah. Like, it was just like, oh, I'm so excited. And I said, wait a minute. We shouldn't cheer about this. Yeah. I don't, like, I, I, I think Donald Trump is, like, ill-equipped uh, to be uh, in the highest office in the land. But we should not be cheering about this because it's going to harm their party. I'm of the opinion we need two strong, vibrant parties. Mm-hmm. We can have ideological differences, but each party makes the other better, which ultimately is supposed to help our country. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think right now, because of how far down this rabbit hole right. these folks are going, that they they have adopted this this mean-spirited, like, fact-free view yeah. of how to operate. Like, they, they, they could tell a lie, and it's cool to mm-hmm. them. Like, I'm not a big deal. Or Donald Trump can lie, and they will skate around it to, you know, to the mm-hmm. cows come home. Yeah. The, like, it is time for us, for the adults to get back in charge and, and do some good things. And mm-hmm. I think Republicans will change their stripes eventually. I mean, it's on them that they let it get screwed up so bad. But yeah. this week will show you mm-hmm. just how much fuckery they have snorted yeah. due to Donald Trump. Yeah, and it. I mean, I want to kind of go back and say it's also – the responsibility of the press to handle things correctly. And I don't think that they always do. I mean, you know, as, as a woman, I can look at how they deal with, you know, women. And I'm not saying that just because I'm a woman, I'm the only one who notices, but I see (laughs) how, you know, they treat women, uh, women candidates or, you know, just women in general. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's the same story because unfortunately in this patriarchal society, especially the white man, everything is viewed through the lens of the white male. And, and of course, you know, I mean, that's not to say that um, all white men have um, terrible points of view or negative points of view. I mean, my boyfriend is a white male. My father is a white male. And they, you know, I, they're really good people. Obviously, I, I, it's, I feel dumb every time I have to defend a white male. But I know that I'm, you know, 
it's more of like the block. There's like this block of white men who have the power. And, you know, I was talking to, I think it was Sherry Jacobus, and she was saying, you know, they just basically, they have the power in every situation, whether it's the media, whether it's show business, whether it's big business, it's always through the lens of the white male. And that needs to change. And until, you know, as much as, as our laws need to change and public opinion, the press needs to stop. Um, right just being so polite to liars and you know Mm -hmm. i mean this is you know this whole thing with kellyanne conway i i've been (laughs) tweeting all day because as much as you know i can be drawn into the intrigue of the family business and problems where the daughter is saying my mother ruined my life and this and that she's 15 years old i think it's absolutely heartbreaking that First of all, she has said that there there was abuse, and she 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 said her father didn't know about it. So so I guess she's saying that Kelly and Conway abused her, both emotionally and physically. But beyond that, there's a and she said that on a TikTok video. That's what she said. So um, I don't know what the deal is with her. I feel for the daughter because she is screaming to the world that her parents have done her this, uh, that have ruined her life and she wants emancipation from them. And so um, what I'm, yeah, she did that yesterday and then Kellyanne Conway announced that she was stepping down and then her husband George Conway announced that he was leaving the Lincoln Project. And so they are going to have, you know, they're saying that they want to spend more time with family or whatever. And so what I'm seeing on Twitter is a lot of people offering them their well wishes for their family and a little bit of praise and it's like look their family business is their family business uh Mm -hmm. that is not my concern although the daughter has brought this out into the public arena it is still not our concern and what i fear is that kelly is going to step down and george is stepping away and Time will go by, and then Kelly will reemerge. Kellyanne will reemerge on CNN or some other legitimate network, and everybody's going to pretend that she wasn't defending and you know a fascist regime and lying for Trump and gaslighting the country and saying that there were alternative facts for paycheck. And she was, you know, I guess it was in 2015. She was on the um, on one of the shows, and she was talking about how he. He was such a bad guy. So she knew who he was going in. And um, then she goes on to gaslight the country. And it's like, (laughs) I don't give a shit what goes on in their family. I mean, it's not I don't say that to be cruel. It's their business. They need to fix their own family. But what we need to be concerned with, and it's I am very strong on this. And I I know that it's going to be I'm going to be disappointed. But we cannot accept her back into society in any kind of role where she's commenting on politics. You know, it's like, it's, we just, we should shun her. She should never be able, I mean, fine. I can't control what they're going to do at Fox or OAN, but you know, just on, on a regular station, whether it's a a, a network station or a, uh, you know, cable news network, if MSNBC or CNN has her on for any reason to talk about politics, Shame on them, because you are basically facilitating somebody who was promoting fascism. And it's like, oh, my God, I get so riled up over this. And I, you know, and I get people lecturing me. It's not Kellyanne. It's Trump. And it's like, no, Kellyanne was his talking piece. She was the one who was saying all this shit for him. And yes, it is. She is she she and Sean Spicer and all of them. They are all part of the problem and why we are. I mean, children have died at the border. 
What did she right. do? She she kept talking or she kept telling us lies. She kept gaslighting us. And so it's like it's just it's driving me nuts to see what's happening. And I feel, you know, it's like I've my personal opinion about George Conway for whatever it's worth, is I don't trust him. I mean, I appreciate the work the Lincoln Project is doing, and I appreciate mm. the fact that they're voting for Biden. I don't know if they would have voted for Warren or, or for Kamala Harris if she were the you know, nominee. I don't know. But under these circumstances, because we're in this very specific, dire situation, we need to get out of it. So I will you know, invite any votes that we can get. But, yeah. um, you know, I mean, I know, sure. <coughs> excuse me, Sherry Jacobus was talking about, and I don't know the details of this, but had something to do, uh, George Conway had something to do with Brett Kavanaugh getting onto the Supreme Court, and so it's like, I don't trust him either. He's, you know, he's, he's not Kellyanne Conway, clearly. He hasn't been, he, he's been anti-Trump this whole time, but he's still a conservative, and he's still, he's still not somebody that I fully, I'm like, I, I side-eye him. You know, I'm like, mm, I don't know about you. Um, but, but, you know, this... So I, I, I can appreciate what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I mean, to just to back up a little bit about their family, I, I have always been uh, a person that I, I would prefer not to attack a, a public person's family. I think yeah. some stuff is just out of line. And, and, I, and I say that because I've experienced it myself. Yeah. Um, I, there's a reason why uh, my family doesn't come to any of my events. It's because I don't want them to see anything bad happen to me mm -hmm. so i try to shield them from mm -hmm. a lot of this i don't want them to be in the public eye the only one that gets it more than anybody is my oldest daughter and she's 21 um and she you know we have a lot of the same circle of friends to a degree because of the restaurant she works at mm. uh but like i just i can i can empathize with with the daughter i didn't know uh, all of the details i knew something had happened mm -hmm. uh, i just didn't i hadn't seen uh what the, the things that she had said though um i i would say um that when i talk to first-time candidates um and you're trying to explain what pivots are mm -hmm. i say go watch a kellyanne conway interview <laughs> yeah. i'm not kidding and I, yeah. i'm not trying to be like some dead serious she right. is a mastermind she is of political speech she is yeah. phenomenal at it what she says is awful mm -hmm. it's what she's like the way she's delivering it though it, it really you could you could teach a class you could on yeah. how to conduct an interview uh when you don't, you don't have to give a shit about the questions that are being posted. Mm -hmm. You answer your own way, and here's exactly yeah. how you do that. Now, provided that you are a decent human being and don't lie, yeah, go. You can you can do that. But Killian Conway, to me, is one of the most dishonest people yes, around. Yes, I agree. Because yes. I fundamentally believe she knows this shit is wrong, mm -hmm. and she is legitimizing it. She is taking Trump's word salad and making it palatable. Mm -hmm. So it's and it and she does it in a way it is not gonna lie, almost believable. Mm -hmm. She she repackages that mm. shit sandwich <laughs> and makes some folks like it actually doesn't look like shit anymore. I might take a bite, right? Yeah. I mean she is giving you some 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 satirical gold mines and you know what was that she said? Like alternative facts. Yes. I mean, this this is where I think our country needs to get away from. Yes. We need to stop allowing people to be so dishonest. I mean, uh, you have uh, several reporters who, you know, April Ryan, mm -hmm. um, um, and, you know, there's a number of them that go at the president yeah. when they're telling a lie. But you have too many, mm -hmm. like, like, super well-known outlets that won't even call them a liar. Yeah. They won't even, like... 
they'll they'll say he he's he stretched the truth. Like, yes, no, no, right. No, yeah. Equivocate <laughs> and dance around it. Fuck yeah. that. Call him a liar. Exactly. Because what point, it yeah. does is it shows other people that you can be held accountable for. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe we can't do anything to him. We right. Yes. Arrest him right now, but we exactly. can at least show America this shit is not okay. Because exactly. really, what the 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 impact that Trump has had on us and and like the the consequence of his enablers is that he's giving license to other people mm -hmm. to behave like he does like where they can tell a lie and think it's okay where they can behave poorly and think it's okay that is simply wrong that is not the beauty of what america is supposed to be yeah i believe in this country i believe that our best days are still ahead of us mm -hmm. i mean we're we still are the ones that came out of the, the Civil War and slavery and mm -hmm. Jim Crow in effort to make our country better. Yeah. We've recognized the problem, albeit it took us far too long. And the fact that we let it happen, shame on us, but we corrected some of those things. And the, the, the impact and the consequence of those structures still permeates our society today. We still have structural racism. <laughs> but we need to have better people in office who aren't going to lie to us about it, who can say without equivocation that black lives matter and not be afraid of it, who can appreciate why Colin Kaepernick took a knee, right? Mm -hmm. We should be able to to look at America and its greatness and, and how, how much we all love this country and still realize we got a lot of work to do. Yeah. And we can't pretend that we don't. To me, that that is the that is the brain of patriotism that the other side is selling. That we are just perfect and there's nothing wrong. Yeah, I think that is completely dangerous. It's very dangerous. It is. Yeah. When you know that problems exist, but you pretend that they don't, so you can't fix anything. You can't get better. Mm -hmm. You can't make America great again <laughs> if you don't appreciate that there are some flaws in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and exactly. the best way to yeah. address it is by fixing them. Right. Not pretending that they don't exist. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I, oh God, that's, that is so true. I mean, without getting too much into this conversation, that's like I, I see a lot of people who I like to call fringe lefters who want to attack <laughs> the Democratic Party. And it's like, I, I mean, I was the Bernie supporter in 2016 who right. wanted... I want all those. I want higher minimum wage. I do want a Green New right. Deal. I do want Medicare for all. I want. I mean, and I'm 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 really really good with a public option, and I think that is the best way to get to Medicare for all. Um, I I believe that there are so many improvements that this country can make, and so many improvements within the Democratic Party that we can make. And you know, there's a way to deal with it. There's a way to acknowledge that just as each human being has flaws. We are all mm -hmm. flawed. That doesn't mean that we deserve to be attacked for those flaws. It just means that those flaws should be addressed. And, you know, every time we recognize, sometimes we don't even realize we have that flaw, but as soon as they're realized, as soon as we see those flaws, then we can say, oh, we need to address this. That's why one of the things I love about Elizabeth Warren is that she mm -hmm. is able to recognize the issues within our own party or, or within government in general that need to be addressed and she never goes on attack she just says hey we have this problem here's a solution and and instead of making people feel so defensive whether it's on the right or on the left where it's just to say hey we've got a solution here or let's look for a solution let's focus on the solution and because everybody has a pro everybody has a flaw every entity has a flaw that's the nature of being in this world right. and i think part of the experience of, of being a human being is to try to always search to be the better whatever 
person, group, good, all of it. It's like, that's the point. We have to learn. It's like you said, answer in love. It's, it's the same right. idea. It's like, we, you know, and I, I don't always do that. <laughs> but yeah, at the same time, it's, hard work. <laughs> it is, it's very hard work. But I think although my, my sarcasm can come out and I know that sometimes I can be biting, it, it is always still for the greater good of what I want. Because usually the people that I'm attacking are the ones that are, I feel like, attacking our society, our democracy, other people. And um, yeah. when it comes to Democrats, if, I, if I'm pissed off... With the exception of there was some guy yesterday, I, I, I heard that he stepped down, but he was 19 years old and he won a Democratic par- primary. And I guess he was blackmailing uh, girls when he was 14 or something like doing, do, doing blackmail for nude pictures. And he won a Democratic oh, primary. Yeah, and, and then everybody, you know, it got around and, and, then he, and then there was all this pressure and he stepped down, which is good. But, um, but I mean, I'm always going to call out somebody like that, but still... It's just, yeah, we need to, everything just needs to, there's never going to be a time in our history that everything's just going to be perfect and there's going to be no need for improvement. So it's, right. it's always good. It's, oh, and there's some breaking news um, that oh. my boyfriend just came and gave me a note. But basically, so the New York Attorney General is suing the Trump Organization and Eric Trump, and I guess the suit reve- reveals details of the state's investigation into Trump's Taxes and finances. Woohoo! <laughs> wow, this is crazy. Well, oh my God. I mean, so you. Lem, the last thing that I want to ask you about is, um, you know, you you believe that we're gonna win, and I mean, I feel the same way. Yeah. Um, but I also feel a little nervous because we know that hostile foreign powers, not just one, are interfering interfering with our elections obviously DeJoy is you know was on trial today at the hearing and lying and saying that he wasn't going to um get those machines back to working that sorted the mail so those you know that scares me and I think that we all need if, if it's possible that every single person who can can do a drop off in person as opposed to relying on the mail. And I mean, the thing is, is I, I don't want to badmouth the post office because I don't blame the post office. I blame the right. Trump uh, appointees who are destroying the post office, but th- all the millions of people who are working there, I feel for them. I, mean, I have a friend who's a postal carrier. And so, mm-hmm. you know, sh- I can't, e- I haven't really talked to her about this, but I can't even imagine what it must be like. So, um, you know, we've got issues with the mail. We've got issues with cheating and, and interference and gerrymandering. And all those things could very easily add up to a Trump win. But we have, I think, you know, and I'm just, uh, my question, I guess, to you is how, how confident are you that we will be able to overcome all of those obstacles? Um, well, I can tell you that black folks are used to having to come overcome yes, that's true. obstacles on a daily basis, yeah. right? Um, so to many of us, this is this kind of hard work ain't new. Um, <laughs> but I, what, I, what, what I will say, though, at first, uh, I, want, I want to echo your comments about uh, postal workers. I know that it's not the postal workers that yeah. are doing this. No. I mean, they, they don't, they're not the one implementing the policy. They may be the one enacting it, right. but they're not, this isn't what they want. Right. Um, I believe in the postal service. I believe that it's not a business, that it, it's a social good and it mm-hmm. shouldn't be run uh, from a, a pure profit perspective. I mean, Republicans have done everything they can to ruin the post office so that people, uh, organizations like 
uh, uh, UPS and, and FedEx can can get richer, mm-hmm. um, but not everybody can afford those rates, yeah, right? We 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 should not be tinkering with uh, the post office. If you want to make it better, I'm down with that. Yeah. But don't do it in a way that is abundantly clear <laughs> that you were simply trying to uh, slow the process down so fewer votes get delivered. Mm-hmm. I mean, you couldn't have written a a political movie better than that like it's you've made it so abundantly clear that that's what your intent was that like nothing else you say is going to matter that's all you wanted to do um but i do think it's going to take some real effort on our part i do i believe we can win yes provided we go do the work yes that's what that's what needs to happen we we can't just sit and tweet we gotta go out and do in 16 uh, I think we lost. He didn't win. Yeah. Um, it, it was our fault. Now, when you have things like both, uh, racist voter ID policy that Scott Walker put into place, there are uh, quite a few uh, uh, black folks who just were unable to go vote. Yeah. Whether or not they wanted to is a separate issue, but they couldn't. I mean, you're talking tens of thousands of people. Yeah. And we need to make sure we are we are fighting for folks to to have equal access to the ballot and we should make it easier yeah uh but it, again it's a it, it shows you that republicans don't actually have policy to stand right. on and they don't value voters because you know when when people talk about oh my vote doesn't matter like well if it didn't matter republicans wouldn't work so exactly. hard to do it. <laughs> exactly exactly right? um but i think once we win again provided we do the work nothing is guaranteed so we got to go make sure we, we help folks get elected in november mm-hmm it, the, the the real work will begin of undoing and detangling the mess that, that Trump has caused, whether it's within our, uh, our governmental entities, whether, you know, that is with the Postal Service or mm-hmm. uh, within the Justice Department. Never again should we allow a U.S. attorney general to operate as if that person is the president's yeah. personal attorney. Really? Never again. Never again. The, the fact that Republicans allow this to happen, and I think their only reason they allow it to happen is because they know Trump is that bad. Mm-hmm. And if, if, when he goes down, they go down, so they're trying to prop him up. So right, I, I think yeah. there's something that going on. But we, we need to fix the things that he's broken. And beyond that, we need to restore dignity and civility Mm -hmm. never again can we allow a public official to levy insults that is unacceptable i don't care what party you're in sleepy joe and those like look that those are those schoolyard taunts are not suited for the level of government these people are in yeah we we can't allow this anymore like if we if we want to make america great again like first we should determine and define what the great part great, was, yeah. but we, we should like have a, like a end goal here. Like we want to attain X, Y, and Z. It isn't just about putting money in rich folks pockets. It's how can we lift every boat? Mm-hmm. How can we make, make sure that, you know, you don't have kids in cages that, you know, while you have uh, some insanely rich folks, but yet there's kids homeless or you, you have folks who can't get uh, the health care they need or the mental health care that they need. Or you have people who have to uh, uh, ration out their medicine to make it last longer because they may not be able to afford that next prescription. I'm fortunate that I have good health care. When I get my Walgreens uh, um, receipt, it tells me on there how much money I save. So, for one, that's a marketing gimmick to begin with. Like, yeah. I shouldn't be saving money on my medicine. Y'all should just be giving it to me either for free or at a, at a significantly reduced price because – 
I shouldn't have to pay for a, some pharmaceutical company's marketing department, yeah, right. but that's neither here nor there. But when I look at that, right, when, when this one inhaler, I need three inhalers a month to fucking live. Wow. I shouldn't have to be like looking at like this one inhaler costs 1500 bucks. Oh my God. How on earth does it cost $1,500? You can go buy a car I know. for $1,500. That's somebody's mortgage. I know. That's $1,500 right there. Right. This is this is insane. Yeah. And if we want to ever honestly call ourselves great in the truest sense of the form, we should not be looking at what the stock market is saying or how many wars we're in. It's how many lives can we fix? How many, how many like tragedies can we prevent? How many yeah. kids can we get into homes? How many, how many gun deaths have we prevented? How many things can we make better so that people can enjoy whatever version of the American dream that they choose? That's not what we're doing right now. Yeah. Wow. Well, you know, talking to you is always good. I always learn something and I always appreciate your passion and fire because you do so much good and it makes a difference. So I want you to know that. And I love talking to you. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. And I, you know, I also appreciate because you, I think you um, talked to Joe Walsh. After I did, you know, I had I've had two conversations with him on this show. And I have to just say that um, out of all of the never Trumpers, it's funny because he is a conservative libertarian and I I am not. (laughs) So I'm sure he and I, if we got down to the nitty gritty policy issues, we would pretty much disagree on most things. But out of all of the never Trumpers, I genuinely feel he is the most um, sincere and authentic (laughs) Because he isn't pretending to be something that he isn't. And what I really appreciated is when he first announced that he was running against Trump, he was on Nicole Wallace. And she was pushing him like, what if what if Elizabeth Warren is the nominee? Are you going to vote for her? And Joe was like, I don't know. And she's like, well, you're not you're being disingenuous if you say you can't vote for Trump, but you're not going to vote for. And she just kept using that word disingenuous. And she's pushing and pushing and pushing. And he never would give her an absolute. And then eventually, I know when it looked like Bernie was going to be the nominee, he's like, I don't care who it is. I'll vote for them. Anybody but Trump. And so it's like I really, you know, he is a sincere person. And I and I hope that there are a lot more people that we're just not hearing from that have his his thing. And And I appreciate that you also you know, talk to him about these, the issues, the gun issues and all of this, because it's like somebody like him, he used to be insufferable. I I couldn't stand him. And he and I got into some, you know, arguments on social media to the point where I initially, I had blocked him. But when I heard he was running for president, I unblocked him because I thought he might go after Trump. Um, I thought he was going to be an attack dog. But that's actually not who he, and that's what I wanted from him. Like I wanted him to attack Trump and I wanted him to take the attention away from the Democrats. But in the end, he, he didn't do that. And I, and I definitely see the benefit of his actions because he, what the, that benefit is, is that he can talk to somebody like you when he did, he, he wouldn't have been able to do that before. And, you know, he, he's told me, like, ask me anything. I really don't care. We could talk about whatever you want. I'll talk about whatever you want, Kimberly. And it's like, he's totally sincere. And so I think that, you know, the fact that he's open to talking to you and that you guys can sit down and have a conversation and you've been able to reach out to, you know, members on the other side, 
I, I really appreciate it. So, I mean, I know I, I, I often I'm called a fangirl on my show because I mm. but I always have guests that I really admire and and that give me inspiration during the day when sometimes I get myself riled up and angry <laughs> over what's going on. Right. And people like you help me because I, you know, I watch you and I watch how you handle yourself and what you're saying. And it. It, it's good. It's like I follow you. You know, you, I follow your lead. <laughs> I so, so I, so I, I'm, I'm so glad that you came back. And why don't you tell everybody sure. where they can find you? Well, before I do that, I, I know okay. we kind of run out of time, but I do want to nope. say you got that, all the time uh, you want with, with Joe. <laughs> um, Joe and I, uh, over the last year, have actually become friends. Yeah, like, I, I could call Joe right now. We could have a conversation, not about politics. I mean, right. I would literally call that man my friend. Yeah, and it didn't start that way. Because right, exactly. I went into that first conversation with him uh, with some like significant trepidation. And yeah. One of the first things I told him was that I'm like I'm down to like let this turn into whatever it's gonna be. If it turns <laughs> into a friendship, okay. Yeah. Uh, but I'm what I'm not gonna do is be the one that whitewashes your past transgressions. Right? Wow. I'm not going to Good legitimize yeah. like what you've done. What I will do is legitimize your evolution from it. Yes. And I'm good with that. Like, I, that's, that's in essence what advocacy is for. Yes. Like, you are trying to change hearts and minds. Yeah. Now, I don't care why your heart and mind got changed. Mm -hmm. I'm just glad it did. Right. I don't do the flip-flopping thing like, well, no, you said this one time before. Yeah, I was fucked up. Shouldn't said that. <laughs> You're not going to say it again, though. Like, that's not where you are today. Yeah. And that's what I appreciate about Joe. Don't care how he got there. Because at first, I thought he was only doing this because he was running for president. Mm -hmm. Then, I like, when you talk to him, you really like, mm -hmm. I think he finally saw he did like the arrow of his ways. And I think that is because Trump is just that bad. Mm -hmm. Like he's like, wait a minute. Like I got this wrong and I had been behaving poorly. Mm -hmm. I don't excuse his, his past racist comments he made about, right. uh, about Barack Obama, but I understand now he gets that he was wrong. About yes. That. That he should not have done that. Yeah. We need more people to own their mistakes yes. and then try to do something good with that experience yes. that's what he's doing mm -hmm. and I, I can't think of a like a better way to show like what evolution is supposed to be like mm -hmm. i want y'all to get better yes. again you yeah. can't fix a problem unless you are honest about it and you look at it and then you fix it that's what he did uh, yeah um, exactly so yeah so with that said so i mean the, the the easiest thing to do is to follow me on twitter my uh my twitter handle is my first name it's uh k-h-a-r-y and then the letter p uh, I do tweet a lot. I have not been able to tweet as much as I normally have uh, with this pandemic. So while a lot of folks um, either had their hours cut or lost their jobs, I've been working more. Um, so, you know, with my day job, I mean, we have 200 employees here uh, with this roofing company that I, I got to find hours for them. Like we don't wow. want to cut back. We want to go, we want, you know, we want to yeah. do more. Yeah. Um, but we also are, are aware of, of the, the impact that, uh, this pandemic has had on mm -hmm. not just our industry, but our city, our state. So I, there's a lot of things that I have to do that have caused me to, to be less engaged. Um, I try to get on when I can, mm -hmm. um, but I'm going to always advocate for uh, gun violence prevention, women's reproductive rights, and a whole host of issues mm -hmm. that matter to me as a, as a black man, as a Democrat. Mm -hmm. um, so um, I have a public Facebook page. It's just Karee Penny Baker. Search that. Um, I have a website. It's just careerpennybaker.com, and awesome. my Instagram account is also like my Twitter account. It's just Karee P. Cool. Well, I will put your website and your Twitter handle in the description of the show. And just thank you again for coming back. I, I enjoy talking to you. You're an awesome guy. 
I appreciate it. Anytime you want me to uh, be on, I'll be happy to. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, and you have a wonderful day, Curry. All right, you too. Bye-bye. What a good man he is. I'm so glad he was back on the show. I'm so also glad to hear that his business is doing well. He's busier than, you know, I mean, a lot of us, not me, but a lot of Americans are having such a hard time right now with COVID. So it's good to hear that some people are actually, you know, doing better and having a hard time filling hours because they have so much work. So that's a good thing. I'm looking forward to talking with Jen Kirkman on Wednesday, and then hopefully everything will work with Steph. And I say that because she is going to, you know, she's running for city council. So we have booked the show for Thursday. You never know what's going to happen then when you're running. It's so close to election time, and you just don't know what's going to happen. So hopefully she's going to be here on Thursday. Going to talk to Jen Kirkman on Wednesday. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at author Kimberly K I M B E R L E Y. You can also find my books on Amazon at Kimberly Johnson. I've got Peyton's Choice, which is about teen abortion. Yay! And <laughs> I could just hear the Republicans yelling at me for saying yay and calling me horrible names like baby killer and whore and stuff. Anyway, also, and that's why I wrote it. That's not why I wrote it, but that's kind of why I wanted to troll them a little bit with that book. And then we, of course there is the Virgin Diaries, which is 72 stories of what it's like to have sex the first time, mostly focused on the emotional. There is some sex in the book because it is about sex, but it's mostly about the emotional aspect of it. First time thing. And then I have American woman, the pole dance woman in voting that is about me and other women and my experiences as, a, as an activist and why it's important for women to vote. And there's some really good history. And I wrote this actually, I wrote this book for myself when I was 21 and I really, or like in my early twenties and I was not paying attention to politics. I wanted to write something that wasn't going to be like a dry school book, just something on a more personal level. And then, of course, there's Ain't No Sunshine, Men Reveal the Pain of Heartbreak, which is a collection of stories from men about what it's like to have, what it's like to experience a broken heart, whether it's through divorce or death or breakups or any of it. I think sometimes people don't really fully understand what men have to go through because of toxic mas masculinity, which is society telling men that they're not allowed to feel their emotions and that if they do, they're weak or they're gay or they're something like that. And it's, I really found this journey to, you know, interview men about their experiences to be so eye-opening, not completely surprising, but still interesting and eye-opening to the point that, you know, men are just very emotional creatures, just like women. They just don't have the okay from society to show their emotions. So this book really does illustrate that. And it also talks about the, um, the fact that because men have to put up with this whole idea that they have to be a certain way and appear a certain way, uh, the, these men in sports, like there was, I think at the time when we were writing, I did this with my mom, when we were putting this book together, it was coming out that a lot of sports figures were getting brain injuries because of the, you know, the hard games that they play out on the field. And it's something, again, that men can't really talk about being fearful of brain damage because then it makes them look like a bunch of wimps, right? At least that's what society tells us. That's what toxic masculinity tells us. So anyway, those are my books. If you want to go to Amazon, check them out. I, I always want to remind people, reviews, 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 review the, sh review the podcast, review books that you read. Authors need reviews podcasters need reviews okay that's it i'm gonna stop hitting you over the head with my need for reviews <laughs> see you on wednesday take care and be safe